0: It's your radio, the future of radio.
1: It's been said that variety is the spice of life. But we here at Serious Business
2: know that's not true. The real spice of life is an evening with hosts Loey and Corey, and their guests. Join us as we delve into a variety of interesting, sometimes off-the-wall subjects. Now, here's Loey. Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's show. Tonight we are going to be taking a little trip. We're going to explore the world of astral projection with Cassie Um, I've talked to Cassie before and I am just so excited... To discuss this with her if anyone in the audience or the chat room has any questions. Uh, Kathy is available. Our call in number is
1: the book's upside down. In this
2: upside down book, 646 716 9034. And we invite you to call in with questions. Kathy is a very knowledgeable young woman, and I think that she can answer probably just about any question we can throw at her tonight. Welcome to our guests in our chat room. Um, We're going to bring Cassie right in because we have a lot to talk
1: about. Cassie. Yeah, a lot to talk about and not much time. Hello, Cassie. Hi, how are you? We're good. And how are you
2: doing this fine, sunny day? Um, I am wonderful. We knew that. We knew you were wonderful because we thought so in the first place. Hey, (laughs) Cassie, astral projection. I'm going to jump right in here because I... I think that this is going to be the fastest hour of the week tonight. Uh, I find astral projection quite interesting as does most everyone I've ever talked about it with. The explanation or interpretation I have of astral projection in my mind is that it is a form of an out-of-body experience where we leave our bodies Perhaps it's our soul that leaves our body and we could actually see our bodies wherever we left it and then we travel to other realms or planes. Um, that's my my thought about what astral projection is. I've never actually experienced it, which you have. Could you tell me and our, our listeners what do you experience when you astrally project your body, where do you go? Are you visible to other people in other planes? Um, I'm just throwing a couple of questions at you, and I'm going to let you take it away.
0: I would say usually I do it on investigations. That's mainly where I use this. Uh, I would talk to the other ghosts in the room, and, you know, I can see them and everything, communicate with them. As far as people being able to see me, I've tried it with my fiance and he's been able to see like the outer rim of me, but not like full full bodied.
2: Have Have you traveled to uh, other realms, uh, places perhaps that are on different planes from our earth, other than perhaps where uh, ghosts or spirits, as you know, whichever you prefer. Uh, rather than where the spiritual uh, remains of people who have not crossed over have gone. Have you gone to other planes other than that? No. no. Is it something you've ever considered doing or trying?
0: Uh, no, not really. I'm trying to master uh, communicating with the ghost first. But, yeah, that, that would be a very interesting thing to be able to do.
2: I think it's pretty interesting to actually try to actually communicate with with a ghost form. Have you actually been able to do that?
0: Oh, yes. Yep, definitely, on many occasions.
2: So here's here's what's going to probably sound like a relatively silly question, but I'm very serious when I ask this. Have you been able to have conversations with a spirit form? Yes. Oh, that's pretty awesome what, what do you I mean what do you what do you talk about you ask what do you what do you say to a ghost other
0: than you know oh Um. mainly I would do it on an investigation and I would ask questions such as you know why are you here is there something I can do to help you who are you more importantly um, you know try to help them in any way
2: That's pretty awesome, and and so actually you can carry on. I guess my point is that when you are in this different plane and you are talking with a spirit, that spirit can actually converse with you in the same way that I'm conversing with you now. If you were to ask me who I am, uh, I here would say, well, I'm Lowy. So you're saying that these spirits can actually respond in in like
0: Yes, in most cases. <clears throat> I have had some cases where they just won't communicate with me and I'm not really sure if they can't hear me or if they just choose not to talk to me. Not really sure on that, but there are some cases where they won't talk.
2: That's that's pretty interesting. Um when you're out on an investigation, um, I'm curious, do, when you're doing the astral projection, do you have to just perhaps find a quiet corner and uh, really concentrate, or is this something that comes so naturally to, to you that you can slip in and out of this projection?
0: In the beginning, I actually had to have it quiet, as you just said, but now I can do it in front of a group of investigators, my whole team and do it where everyone, you know, because I communicate between the ghosts and the investigators. So that way there's like a medium type of communication going on. So I can do it in front of people too.
2: That's that's pretty good because um, so many people that that I have spoke to about astral projection, and there's only one other person I have spoke to that actually experiences that, uh, which was a friend from long ago who is no longer... In this realm, so to speak, but uh, she she did not was not capable of doing it unless she was alone and either in her bed or in a uh, uh, something soft was was key, and so that was that was pretty interesting to me. Um, I'm curious also if um, these when you're speaking to these spirits. Are they able to communicate to you why they're they're still in this perhaps realm uh, that is not allowing them to cross over into however you choose to to, to word it into the light? Uh, do you ever are they able to communicate to you the reasons that they're still around?
0: Yes, uh, if they end up speaking to me, they will usually tell me this. I've had cases where. They're really just stuck. They're holding on to what they had in life too much and just not letting go.
2: Is it is it like the material things they're hanging on to, perhaps, or is it is it more the emotional?
0: I would say most times it's emotional.
2: Because my understanding is like you can't take it with you. Is what they keep telling me. Right. But <laughs> um, they tell me I can't.
1: <laughs> to stay here and haunt us for it, aren't you?
2: Well, yeah, I'll make sure you take care of stuff. Absolutely. Um, my next question up, I see Wendy is uh, also curious, too. Uh, my my next question was, when you travel, and, and I think I know the answer, but I want your answer. When you travel through projection, do you find that you can go forwards and backwards in time?
0: That's something I haven't tried yet.
2: Are you looking for to uh, to try some of the different uh, aspects of astro projection, so that you can go uh, here and there and, and uh, perhaps do um, more with it than you are at this point in time.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. It's a very there's very many possibilities in this topic, so I I would like to explore them all.
2: Does it uh, frighten you to leave your body like that? Uh, I'm assuming that your body probably is rather unprotected. Does it uh, frighten you to leave your body?
0: I can say there's only been one instance where I was kind of nervous to, and I can generally tell, again, during an investigation, if I'm uncomfortable where I am in the place and I don't like the energies that are Flowing through the place, I won't do it because then I don't feel comfortable. But in like 95% of places, I felt comfortable enough to do it.
2: Now I know that you do not go on investigations alone. Uh, no. You're, your investigators and, and uh, is it Bill that is is your uh, your psychic and the person who sort of just wards off the bad spirits? Am I correct with that name, Bill? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, does he somewhat protect your, can he and uh, does he protect your body when you are not within it?
0: Yes, and generally I will not do it without him there. Okay. So for, for that reason.
2: That's, that's good to know. Now, the next question I have, Kathy, is how does it feel when, when you're not within your body? Is there anything that that comes to mind that you feel differently than when you have your body on per se?
0: I would say the biggest noticeable change is you don't feel any weight. You don't feel heavy at all. It's almost like your mind went out and is traveling around the room, like your body is not, you don't feel your body at all.
2: That must be, You don't
0: have any consciousness that there's any body at all.
2: That must, that must be a pretty good feeling in a sense. I mean, I'm just trying to, I mean, everybody wishes that they had wings and could fly per se. And yes. just think about, here you are, in a sense, you're doing just that. You're yep. close to flying. That's, that's pretty cool. So, do you find that, um, I know that you do, primarily you do this on, on uh, investigations, but do you, or have you ever experienced when uh, you are in bed asleep and you're dreaming, uh, do you sometimes find that perhaps it's not really a dream that you've actually projected?
0: Yes, I I would say so. Um, I think that the vivid dreams you have at night that are very, very colorful and seem so real, and especially the dreams where you feel like you're falling, I think those are what's called astral travel, which is something that you do when you sleep. Um, And I think the falling part has to do with your spirit falling back into your body and that's why you feel like you're falling at the end of your dream and then all of a sudden you wake up.
2: Yes, yes. I've done that and and it's really kind of startling and uh, I don't think I'm, I don't believe I'm projecting and if I am, it's unbeknownst to me but I can relate to that feeling of of the falling and then just jerking awake and and your heart just pounding. Do you find that you have changes when you come back into your body?
0: I kind of feel disoriented a little bit. I have to, you know, regather myself, and I do
2: feel very tired afterwards. So it really drains you. Yes. There's um, several different uh, people that have written books from early times until just like... uh, like now, and uh, for one, is the Monroe method? Have you heard of the Monroe method? Uh,
0: no, I have not.
2: Uh, he talks about uh, different ways, you know, how how they start, which is number one, you relax the body, and and then you enter a state, which is bordering sleep, and then you use your mind to deepen that state. Is that pretty much how you get into your Mode for being able to project yourself.
0: Yes, I would get into the relaxing state, and then I count backwards from ten, and I go slower if I feel like I'm not ready. But by one, I'm usually able to go.
2: Now, do you do you have um, do you make it a point to uh, remove earthly items such as jewelry or anything that's touching your skin? Mm, no. Nope. I mean, obviously
0: I'd like to be comfortable, so say if something was constricting or whatever, then I probably would take it off.
2: And do you find that it works better for you in a dark room as opposed to a light room?
0: Yes, because getting into the relaxing state, I mean, even if you just think about trying to go to sleep in a room with the lights on, I find it more difficult personally. So getting into a relaxed state, which is just above sleep, faster, happens faster when the lights are off.
2: Um, when you project, do you have a place, let's just suppose that you're in a corner of a room sitting comfortably and you're going to project your spirit out of your body. Do you pinpoint a spot where where the projection of you is going to, to land per se, um, for instance, in the middle of the room as opposed to up on the ceiling. Do you pick a point where where your unphysical being is going to be?
0: I don't think I've ever thought about where my body is going to project. I think it just happens. And I usually appear right in front of myself. Like, I don't... I have to turn around to see myself.
2: Okay. Um... Uh, When you're in this state, can you see yourself as a a spiritual being and see your physical body?
0: I can see my physical body only.
2: Have you ever had the experience of being solid in your state when you have projected? I've talked to a couple of people who have had a couple of experiences where They projected. They could actually see their physical being surrounded by the group that was protecting her body. But her body was, to her, her projected body was so solid that she could feel it and see it, as could the other people in the room see her body, which was not conscious, and her body, which had projected and was conscious. Have you ever had anything like that happen to you?
0: That is amazing, but no, I have not.
2: That's, well, that's see, you've been forewarned. If it happens, you know that it's not something real, real weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That is very awesome.
2: So that's that's kind of well. Tell us about tell us about um, some of the cases that you've been on where you have projected, and if you don't mind, if it's not something that you prefer not to talk about, which we will understand and respect. But are there any cases that you can talk about that you have been on and talked to ghosts? And, and what was your conversations like?
0: I think my favorite one would be the Borough School in Stafford Springs, which is now closed down. There you know, what, was What state is uh, that in? Uh, in? Connecticut.
2: Connecticut, okay.
0: And there was a teacher there, or a, a man at this point in the beginning. I didn't know who he was yet. He seemed very angry wouldn't talk to me, everybody in the room could sense the emotion coming off of him, even if they couldn't see him like I could. And I saw him just sitting in the corner, just kind of giving us the evil eye, like, why are you here, what do you want, but he wouldn't say anything. And we went back a couple times, and I think it was the second or third time, he started coming closer to me like he was getting more comfortable. And finally I got him to talk. And he told me his story. He, uh, he lost his wife and his child to a car accident. And he used to be a teacher at this school. And teaching was all he had left after his family passed away. So that's what he hung on to. And now that the school shut down, he really is just kind of lost. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know where to go. He's clinging to that emotion, so to speak, that he felt when he was alive. So I, I coerced him. I said, you know, you, they're waiting for you on the other side. If they've passed on, they're waiting for you there, and you're stuck here hanging on to what's a memory. You should go be with them. And, you know, everyone can feel the feelings going on in the room at this point. And once he finally agreed, okay, I'll let go, and he crossed over, all the investigators in the room felt like a huge sigh of relief all at once.
2: Oh, that's wonderful. Ken, do you think that uh, since you have spoken with, let's just say this gentleman here, do these spirits feel emotions still the same as we here on Earth do that are still alive? Um, you know, we're all very emotional. Uh, a spirit has passed away, and I understand the fact that they are clinging to, you know, their earthly spirit. But do they feel emotions the same as we do, do you think?
0: I think as human beings we take things more to heart and more seriously than they would because they're in a different position than we are and situations are different to them. So I think the emotions would be different as well.
2: I just, you know, I've often wondered... uh... You know, we 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 pass away, and, and I am a, a firm believer in life after death, and I am a firm believer that you know we come back time and time again until we achieve what it is that we have set out to achieve in our life spans, and that's more than one uh, life. I'm speaking in terms of many lives that we each lead. Um, I've often wondered if you know here we are on earth and in material things are important to us shelter and clothing and how our hair looks and um, we fall in love and we fall out of love and, and just you know we have this whole myriad of, of emotions that we live. When we pass away and, and we are in the spirit world um, there, I, I would believe that there's probably no uh, material things like I need a new sofa or a new coat or whatever. But emotionally, I'm wondering what it is that um, a spirit wants. Do they want to come back to Earth as, as a, uh, a physical human being? Um, do they want to be alive in the same life that they had or are they willing to move on? Have you ever had any conversations where... Uh, a spirit has been able to share with you what their playing is like or what their existence is like? Uh, Not not really. Um, Green Eyes in the chat room is asking, can you talk to spirits that are not haunting a particular place? Like, can you randomly talk to anyone you want to that's passed over?
0: Uh, If they are... In the vicinity that I am projecting at, yes. but I can't, or I haven't, I shouldn't say I can't. I haven't been able to yet say, okay, I want to talk to this person and then just project to wherever they are. The way I do it, they they must be in the same vicinity as me.
2: Okay. Is this something that you hope to achieve at some point in time by, by practice? Because I would imagine that the more you practice, the better you're going to, to get at that.
0: Oh, yes, definitely.
2: It it has been said that uh, time and space do not exist on the astral plane. And um, I'm wondering, do you have a sense of time when you are in your astral body as opposed to when your physical body? And when you – I'm going to just tack on a question – when you come back to your body – Do you notice that there has been either a short period of time or a long period of time that you have been out of your body? Um,
0: Time is definitely different on the other side. I will bring back the Burrow school incident. I didn't realize how long it had been. It had actually been a couple hours I was out, but I didn't realize it until I came back to my body and all my limbs were asleep and I started to move and everything was tins and needles, and then I had realized how long it had taken, and I asked someone, and that's what they said. It was a couple hours, but it definitely did not seem that way when I was out.
2: Did did the friends that were watching over your body, did they become concerned or worried where it was that long? I mean, did they think something perhaps was happening to you on the other side that wasn't allowing you to come back to your body? No. Okay, that's
0: good. Yeah, because there's communication... Like when I do it on an investigation, I'll go out, talk to the spirits, come back real quick, and tell the investigators. So I'm constantly going back and forth, so they constantly get feedback from me and know they they know what I'm doing and they know what's going on.
2: Oh, okay, that's good because I was uh, I'm just thinking if you were if your body was just sort of like prone for two hours and and I had no contact with you, I think that I would become quite concerned and uh, I would yeah. in terms of of your. Uh, uh, medium bill, and would he be able to contact you or pull you back if he felt that you were in danger? I believe that he could, yeah. And, and with that belief, that makes that more powerful for him, too, I would imagine. Yes. So tell us about some of the investigations that you have been on that were your very favorite ones other than the school.
0: I would have to say one from Maine actually that we did uh, about a month or so ago. the private residence. Um, there was a fire in the top floor and everyone got out alive, but there was a three-year-old boy that on the way to the hospital, he died of smoke inhalation. And because of there not being two fire exits on the top floor, they can no longer rent out that apartment we were able to investigate there and try to contact the little boy because the uh, people that live right below that sound like, it sounds like in the middle of the night, there's a little boy or a little child running across the floor, dropping a ball, and then it bounces a couple of times and then it's quiet. And they're, they're telling me, you know, the door is locked, no one can get up there, the windows are shut, what is it? <laughs> so we investigated and um, we got a couple great EVPs from there asking um you know, we asked a lot of questions and we put out those mag magnetic letters that you put on the refrigerator. Uh huh. We put out a we put out a message for him and one of the investigators asked, Can you understand or can you read what we put out on the counter for you? And in a little boy's voice we hear no. Too
2: young maybe. Too
0: yeah. That, that's what I figure. Or, and we also put it on the counter, too, and a three-year-old might not be able to reach that high.
1: Yeah.
0: But we, we learn with every investigation that we do. And, and for all I know, a three-year-old, they might gain information, you know, when they cross over. But this shows us that they don't.
2: Um, now, you are your group, uh, the uh, Ghost Hunters Guild, was formed yes. by you, correct? Yes. You're the founder. And um, you cover several states, Connecticut, yep. uh, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts. Any others I'm missing?
0: Rhode Island. We cover yeah. all of New England.
2: All of New England. Um, I think it would be nice to let people know that that uh, you do not charge for the investigation, that you are there to help the client and the spirit. Yes. Uh, also... You also have um, done some, uh, I don't know, char- a charity uh, fundraising for different uh, groups that have absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal. I'm thinking in terms of uh, the pet show. Yep. Didn't you do that and raise funds for, for uh, the animal shelter? Yes,
0: and we also did the Walk for Hunger in Boston.
2: So you guys are quite active in many ways, not just in the paranormal, but you're out there helping society as well. Uh, The pet one, um, I'm wondering if you have had any experiences with uh, pets and paranormal and their ability to sense things. Have you ever dealt with that?
0: Uh, As far as pets go, Bill is awesome with sensing pets around the room. He sees them. Uh, As far as myself, I believe I, Astral projected or Astral traveled, not really sure. But I was sleeping, and just before I woke up, I saw a cat that I had recently had to put down a week beforehand because of kidney problems. I saw her walk into my bedroom, and she did this little thing that she always does, twirls around, meows at me, and I reached down and pet her, and it was real. Like I was actually touching her and then she meowed at me and walked out the door and then I woke up whether that was just a dream I have a hard time believing because it felt like it was real
2: and and that was just such a strong emotional tie that you probably had with your with your cat I think we all you know they're like our kids
0: yes we lose yes, them. I, I definitely woke up crying from that because it was so real
2: oh, I bet you did but it was a nice kind of goodbye too, and, and maybe it just told was to tell you that she understood or you know why yes. what you had to do for her. Yes. So that's yep. pretty cool. Um, I found um, I found that uh, with pets, um, I have experienced when they sent something before I sent something. I do have some abilities at, in as much as I can usually tell if they placed. Has spirit activity in it. Or if it does, and I've been able to do that for as long as I can remember. Um, I've had a couple of animals, a couple of dogs, they were my babies, and uh, they would experience um, somebody coming into an area where we were before I did, and it was quite, it was almost like the animals would communicate with with me um, and let me know that there was something coming and uh, I just think that that animals probably uh, sense a lot more than we do perhaps I'm not quite sure but I think they do sometimes. So I have another question and it doesn't have to do with projections but I'm wondering um, you know People uh, think about ghosts at nighttime. We don't usually think about them in the daytime, per se, unless we're in a cemetery or something. Um, Do you think that there's more activity in the daytime or the nighttime, or do you think there's no difference at all?
0: I would say there's probably no difference at all. I mean, we investigate during the night mainly for the reasons of when you have a dark background, you can pick up their light better. So it's easier to catch evidence that way. But I've been on interviews during the day, and we've gotten EVPs just during an interview. We're walking around the room, checking things out.
2: CB, you know, the reason I was wondering is because Halloween always comes to mind. Um, this is for for your group, for like main ghost hunters uh, or the main ghost society. Uh, there's so many. There are a lot of different groups out there, but this is real serious business with, with you. This isn't a game, and it's not a Halloween trick or treat kind of thing. Uh, right. It's real serious, and so many yes. people in the daytime they just you know they don't really give it a thought. Where I'm sure that it's a part of your life 24/7.
0: This yes, is definitely. That,
2: uh, is a part of your life. Could you tell us what what it is that brought you into this um, frame of mind where the paranormal became important to you, and what is it that made you who you are today in relation to the paranormal world?
0: Well, I'd say I was always interested in it, even as a kid. Going into cemeteries just kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies anyway, even during the day. But I started seeing shows on TV where people were forming groups and they were coming up with some great evidence and making some great discoveries. So I decided to do it on my own. You know, form my own group and try it out, see where it went. And when, once we started getting our first pieces of evidence, it became like a, a passion. Like it, it strived me to go further, it strived me to to do more things. And now I try to do everything possible to help the client to communicate with the ghost to do anything really
2: so as a young person did you did you have the ability as a young person to project yourself or did you have a psychic ability that that led you to perhaps a spirit that you were aware of at that point in your life when you were younger
0: no I don't think so Um, Astral production kind of came around. I was reading a book on it, actually, and I kind of just tried it, and it didn't seem so hard. Um, Obviously, it comes to certain people faster than others, but I didn't have any special abilities as a kid.
2: That's that's pretty cool because all of us, I think, would love to try it. I think many of us are probably afraid of leaving our bodies unguarded, per se. Um, Right. There are, when, when you uh, come into serious business uh, on Blog Talk Radio, the front page, for, for your show, Cassie, I put up uh, two or three books that were about learning to astral project because I thought perhaps that there are many people who would like to try it. And so those books are available uh, yes. on the front page. And uh, I, I don't know if I would have the courage and I think it takes great courage to to leave your physical body. I don't think I would have the courage to to do that. I think that you know you are a pretty special person to have that ability and to utilize that ability to help not just uh, people whose homes or places are uh, haunted per se, but to help the spirits to cross over that must be an awfully good feeling for you to be able to help somebody who has passed away go on into the light for peace and perhaps reunion. Yes, that uh, are no longer here. Yes, definitely. So, um, on June 5th, you have an activity where um, uh, with a Probably I'm not going to say this correctly, but with um, the Methuen Historical Society. What are you doing on June 5th? June 5th. Mm Hands-on investigation coming up on June 5th, and there's a $25 fee, and all the proceeds will go to the Methuen Historical Society. Is this an investigation that you'll be uh, doing?
0: Um, no, nope, that has actually been postponed.
2: I'm
1: looking
0: at the website myself, and it's not there anymore.
1: June okay.
0: 6th, So we are going to be at the Whisker Walk, which is, as the name says, a walk for the pets. Uh, there's also a big fair going on. There's multi-organizational things there. There's vendors with pets, and there will be shelters there. Uh, it'll be a great time. We'll be there, of course.
2: And, and where does this take place?
0: This is in uh, Lancaster, Mass., the
2: Lancaster Fairgrounds. Okay, in Massachusetts. I wasn't sure which state. Yes. My dog speaks. I don't know if you guys hear that, but she uh, obviously seen something she didn't like. She's,
1: she's a good dog, though. Very loud. Bella. So dog. anyway, while she's screaming at the dog, if anyone... You talk and I'll <laughs> control the dog. Have fun with that. If anyone w- wants to call in, the number is 646-716-9034. I am sitting here pretty much sweating tonight. I was eating ice cream up until about, probably about two minutes ago. I went back a couple times for ice cream, so I've been sweating and trying to get rid of that with ice cream. You know, I would be, if I had to do what you what you do listening to this here, I would probably be terrified. Are there really, can it get dangerous?
0: Uh, I, I suppose anything could get dangerous, but as I said earlier, if I don't feel comfortable in a location, then I won't do it. I won't take that chance of things getting dangerous.
2: So what else does a teenager wonder, Corey? I, don't, I, don't, I, I mean, sort of, what what do you wonder? I have I don't, you know, I have 62 know, years under my belt that I've thought about this and so on. And so, forth, so what does a teenager wonder?
1: You know, I don't have a lot of wonders that are much different from yours. I'm just, I was sitting here thinking, oh, if this ever happened to me, yeah. I wouldn't come back. I'd be floating out there forever, pretty much. You know, that was my biggest, like, ah, something goes <laughs> wrong. I'm floating forever.
2: Uh, Listening to Cassie, does it give you a... Uh, the desire to perhaps try to astral no. to to leave your body? No, <laughs> I would be. Too, that was a quick
1: no. <laughs> I, I'd be too. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Let's just leave it at that one. I really couldn't. Well, so
0: anyway. well, well, I have it? heard, I have heard that there is a silver cord attached between the two, so that you don't go floating off to space. Um, I I myself have not looked for it to be able to see it, but I've heard it's there. Then there must be some way that you know where to go back to.
1: Right.
2: When when you're uh, when you're in uh, becoming, do you instantaneously leave your body, or are there different states uh, of that your body and your mind go through? Um, do you notice things like uh, sparkling lights or a blackness in front of your eyes, or do is is there anything that you notice that that Tells you I'm at this stage of leaving my body? It's,
0: uh, I would say the closest thing it reminds me of is going to sleep and waking up.
2: So, actually, you're just a real natural at this. If you didn't have never even laid hands on that book, chances are that you could have been projecting and, and perhaps not even realizing what you were doing at some point in time.
0: Possibly. I believe we all do this when we sleep, anyway. But trying to do it purposefully takes practice. It wasn't always easy for me, as it is now. I can fully project in a few minutes now, but when I first started, it it would take me, you know, 20 minutes, and you know, somebody, the cat, could move across me, and okay, I'm up. I can't do it now you know, that type of thing, but now I'm I'm much better at it because I've had a couple of years of practice. So practice is definitely useful.
2: Have you ever went to a cemetery and, and contacted and chatted with anybody in a cemetery, or is that too overwhelming, perhaps?
0: I did do it once, and you're right, it was overwhelming, and I don't think I would do it again.
2: I, I just, you know, you sit and you think about cemeteries full of all these souls, I wonder how many are at rest and and how many are still there. And I cannot help but think with the magnitude, the size of our cemeteries, there must be a lot of very restless souls there. Um, Yes. I can't imagine you're being able to. I I just sort of have this image in my head of you surrounded by all of these uh, ethereal beings just sort of floating around trying to get your attention, and that's... uh,
0: that's exactly what it's like. They all want my help, and they all want me to do something for them. And upon initially doing it, you see all these ghosts coming at you, staring at you, and it's just a real unnerving feeling.
2: I would certainly think it must be. Um, I, I was also uh, sort of curious, Cassie, if... Um, I'm trying to think how how to... Uh, how to word this so it makes sense? Can you, uh, you're you're in your astral projection being. Can you control where your astral being goes? Do you have that kind of control over where you go, or, or uh, are you just pretty much tied into that one space when when you leave your body? Uh, I would
0: say I kind of just. Go where I want to. I'm not really tied down to any one place.
2: You know what we what we should do sometime? We should do an experiment, Cassie. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, not right now and not on the air, but sometime with somebody that you trust, who is 20 miles away, or 25 miles away, or 150 miles away. Just mm-hmm. have them do something intentionally and not tell you, and then and then you go there. How cool would that be? I bet you could do that.
0: Yeah, I've actually done something similar to that. Uh, before me and my fiancé moved in together, we lived two hours away from each other. And I would project to him and tell him what he's wearing. I would touch the cap. And what he would see is a cat flop over and start purring and act like it's being a pet. And uh, I've been able to touch him, and he's just felt the hair on his arm stand up. So I have tried that experiment before, but it would definitely be fun to try it again.
2: It would be fun. Tell me, you you uh, you have a boyfriend, your fiancé. How yes. does he feel? Is, number one, is he a part of your paranormal group? And number two...
0: How does he feel about your ability? Well, my fiance is still our uh, our spiritual guy, and he he accepts it. I guess he thinks it's cool. He wishes he could do it too. Uh, tries. He tries, but it's not as easy for him. You know, like I said, it's easier for some than it is for others.
2: I think I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, did you say Bill is your significant other? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so if I had known that or realized that, I may not have asked that question. And, and I do apologize if that was too personal. I hope that it wasn't.
0: Oh no, 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 it's fine.
2: I um, I just, you know, if you take your average everyday Joe per se, and I, I was just in, in thinking in those terms primarily. How would they feel of, with someone who could? probably just be looking over their shoulder and they didn't know what kind of thing and I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean that uh, what you what you do is a, is a true talent it's a, it's a gift to right. be able to do that and I was just uh, I was just a little curious how the guys would feel you know hey yeah. I do this because the old lady might be watching over my shoulder and she's really gonna give it to me when I get home watch out Bill I never thought about it that way oh well I hope Bill didn't either and so hopefully he's got his earplugs in so he's not going to know what we just said (laughs) so um, would you like to give uh, you have a wonderful website would you like to give that address and anybody that's in the chat room that has that address at your fingertips go ahead and type it in because everybody needs to know where Cassie and Bill and the gang are at.
0: I'll type it in the chat, too. And it is www.ghosthuntersguild.com.
2: Boy, I wish I could type that fast. <laughs> had it 20 years on? of practice. Wow. You are good. <laughs> so I visited your website earlier, and... Um, that was a very nice website, and I love the pictures, and you have the prettiest smile, I must say. I oh, just, thank you. I felt when I seen seeing your picture and, and seeing your smile, I just felt comfortable with you already before we got on the phone. I, <laughs> I, I tell our, our uh, audience and so on that primarily I never speak to our guests before the first show. I, I think that our spontaneity... Um, is really kind of important um, mm-hmm. when we, like for instance using Cassie as an example, tonight's show is totally unscripted, although I did tell her that primarily we would speak of um, uh, the projections and uh, I always think if you have a group it's nice to talk about your group too and let people know about it and that you are either open for uh, for new members or uh, at the time, at the present time, you have more than you can handle, and uh, I think yep. it's that people know who our guests are, and that they're people just like me and you sitting here. We, you know, we sat and chatted with Kathy, and um, she has just shared some of her encounters with spirits and um, how she deals with them, and what it feels like to be able to do astral projection. I think that we are very fortunate to have such a comfortable guest. Uh, I felt, tonight, I just felt, wow, this is so fun. And Kathy's saying to, in the chat room that uh, uh, anybody that would like to go to the website, you can send Kathy an email if you have any questions, or uh, I'm sure that Cassie uh, would be uh, in her group. and and it says so on the website, are willing to talk to you about any hauntings that may be happening in your household. And um, they have very high scruples. They don't talk about you if you don't want to be talked about. You can trust that that is not going to happen. They do not charge for investigations. I think that you'll find that uh, this group is a very considerate and knowledgeable group. EVPs, uh, videos, um, you have quite a, uh, a variety of equipment that you use, don't you, Kathy, to uh, um, capture uh, spirits? Or was I rambling and took you, took you by surprise?
0: <laughs> no, yeah, we, we definitely try to use all tools possible, no matter how crazy it might seem, um, you know, such as our, our glow stick jar, which is basically... It's an empty spaghetti jar, and we screwed in a a glow stick to the cover of it and closed it so the glow stick is dangling in the center. Then you can't, can't push that over or make it move, and we jump up and down in front of it to make sure that that won't make it move, and during the investigations, we try to get the ghost to make it move. You know, any idea is never too crazy because you never know what's going to work and what won't.
2: Uh, now see that's a new one for me. I hadn't heard of that. So that's that's a new one. That's pretty cool. I wouldn't have, did you think of that or is that something that's common to other groups?
0: Uh I wouldn't say it's common to other groups, but we've we were networking with uh an independent investigator and him and another member of our group came up with that.
2: That's that's pretty cool. I would have never thought of that one. I yeah. know the dog is just going eight. There's gotta be a ghost cat or something out there. She doesn't, she doesn't care for cats very much. One of them, one of our neighbor's cats, we were taking our nightly walk and this great big giant white cat, his name is Winston, right, Corey? Mm-hmm. Winston attacked my little bitty dog. Scared the living heck out of me. I would have preferred a spirit I think at that point in time because it was midnight. The bells were ringing on the church. So, is I am wondering I am wondering um, if you have any investigations coming up in the near future that you will be looking for people to join you
0: uh as far as the public or as far as like members in training
2: members in training
0: uh we do have one this Saturday um in Southington, Connecticut. And we are looking for more people to join us. So, if you are interested, please send me an email, ASAP, so we can figure out the details.
2: Sounds like a good idea to me. Um, do you work with other groups on occasion, other main go- uh, other ghost hunting groups?
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. It's a very good opportunity. You get to learn their methods, they get to learn yours, you gather ideas and you bounce ideas off each other and you can definitely figure out more things when you have more people to bounce ideas off of.
2: When you go on when you go on your investigations, we we don't have an awful lot of time left and so I'm trying to rush all my questions into this. When you do go on investigations, do you uh, do things as partners, uh, do you go into areas alone, or, or do you always partner?
0: Uh, definitely always partner. Not not so much because it's dangerous, but because, say, if something happens to you in that room, you experience something that could potentially be evidence. It's not just you that experienced it. The person in the room possibly also felt it, too.
2: Um, on your EBPs, what, what is it that you use to capture your EBPs?
0: Uh, just digital audio recorder.
2: Just anything like we could go to Best Buy and pick one up, and
0: oh yes. yep, definitely. My favorites are made by Olympus.
2: Okay. Um, when you're doing EVPs, now I've never done one. Okay, so I'm I'm. These are honest questions, and I do not know the answers. So when you do an EVP, do you? turn turn this recorder on and do you just ask people or do you just sit there quietly or how do do you get something to respond to the fact that you have this tape recorder or this recorder on do you talk to, to spirits what's your method I guess
0: well there's very many methods and I would say probably all of them work But generally, I turn it on, state what room I'm in, so when looking at it later, I I realize what room I'm listening to. And then I I introduce myself, all the investigators introduce introduce themselves, we ask what their name is, then we tell them we're not there to hurt them, and all of our equipment is not there to hurt them either, it's just there to record them, and they can touch anything, they can talk into anything, and then I point out the recorder and say, this is where you talk into And I explain everything to them so that they know what's what.
2: So then when you go back to your office or or wherever uh, and you listen to these EVPs, um, we have one person who has uh, done extensive EVPs in our home, Carol Ann. Uh, I don't believe she's here. That's who I thought your mom was, was Carol Ann. It's a game site that that we play on. She is, her name is Green Eyes. That's yeah. Dream. So I thought your mom was probably Carol Ann. So yeah. Carol Ann moved into a house that is definitely haunted with the spirit of Mary, who hung herself in the garage after her twins passed away. And Carol Ann became, well, she was actually on, uh, what show was she on, Korean TV. TV?
1: Um,
2: um, she was on one of those reality shows on uh and I can't think of the name
1: Neither
2: of Neither can I, I'm sorry. And um, has a multitude of EVPs. And when I listen to them, because she's emailed them to me, when I listen to them, oftentimes I don't understand the thing that I'm that I'm hearing. I sort of hear them. Do you, am I alone in that, or does it take a special ear to hear these voices and what they're saying? Uh, it definitely
0: depends on the EVP. Sometimes I can get it and it's it's dead on clear. I know exactly what they're saying. And sometimes it sounds like it's another language. And I have to play it backwards, play it forwards, and, you know, play it 10, 15 times, and I still don't understand it.
2: Well, I'm going to ask you a favor. If sometime in the future you have an EVP, I don't care where it comes from or anything, if you have an EVP that you think is clear Could you email it to me and let me listen and see if I can understand? Sure. I mean, I I don't want it to publish or anything like that. I just would like to know why, like Carol Ann and other people have have sent me some. uh, uh, I've heard them on um, a couple of websites. I'm sorry, I don't get it. I really don't hear them. I don't hear what other people hear. It's just, it's kind of weird, I guess, um, but I'd like to try and hear one, that, that if, yeah. you, if you see that it's clear to you, I'd like to just experiment and see if it's clear to me or yeah. if I numb or deaf. Sometimes
0: sometimes you can't really understand it because sometimes it's behind an investigator talking like, there's several different methods we use when we do EVP sessions. Sometimes it's straight quiet. Sometimes we're doing questions and, you know, asking for asking them to answer us. And sometimes we're just talking to each other, and we've gotten, you know, EVPs where they're trying to join in our conversation. And sometimes we get it good, and sometimes it's, like, behind one of our voices. But
2: Okay, because I, you know, I just, um, for some reason, Carol Ann, uh, when we did uh, the first show I did with Carol Ann, um, we had a lot of activity from her ghost, Uh, she really played some games with us, we had uh, listeners all over America and Europe, Uh, Carol has quite a following of people, and uh, we attributed all the ongoing things. Every phone, one right after the other, across the United States and Europe, would go dead. Um, we lost our switchboard. It would go dead. And then after the show, we, we are all shows are archives. After the show, several people emailed me and said, go listen to the archives at the end. Mary is telling you to shut the hell up and get out of here. To me personally, she was saying this. So, I went and I listened, and I didn't hear her say that. Other people heard it. other people emailed and and said that she was saying, "Shut the hell up, get away from here, leave us alone." Those were her exact words. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear it. I heard something but I don't know what it was. Wow, so you know, maybe I just maybe it takes a special person to be able to hear it i'm I'm not sure. But anyway, I just want to say thank you, Cassie. This has been fun. I've enjoyed you immensely. And I feel like I've I have learned a lot. And
0: I've enjoyed it also, and thank you for having me.
2: So well, I hope you'll come back again sometime, and anytime we oh, have a fundraiser or, or something happening like that, and you want us to promote it, you just shoot us off an email, Corey or I, and we will make sure that we mention it on the air. And I want to thank awesome. Cassie's mom for coming, and And just everybody, Rosemary and and my sister, So, and uh, all all of you who are guests, I'd like to thank you, Rosemary. It's a pleasure to see you, as always. Uh, This
1: is it, guys. Okay, so everyone, like us on Facebook. That is Facebook.com slash Serious Business Radio. And like me, too, Facebook.com slash Corey Lejeune. Follow us both on Twitter, Twitter.com slash Loey48 and Twitter.com slash Corey Lejeune. And have a great night. Thank you all for being here. And check out the site, SeriousBusinessRadio.com. We'll see you. It's that time again when we say good night. And thanks to our delightful guests and our terrific audience. Visit our website at www.SeriousBusinessRadio.com.
2: This is Richard Halpern saying, see you next week, same time, same place, at Serious Business with Bowie and Corey.
1: You've just listened to an IYR The Classics broadcast. Learn more about IYR The Classics at theclassics.itsyourradio.com. It's your radio, the future of radio.
0: www.itsyourradio.com